Amen. Praise God. Let's uh, get our Bibles open tonight. And uh, I'm going to do something I don't do all the time, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit. You that are on the ends, if y'all would squeeze to the middle sections. I want everybody in the middle sections tonight. I like to mix it up every once in a while. Let them empty sections be all lonely over there. Just slide over, find a place in the middle. All the way in the middle. Middle section, all the way over. There's plenty of chairs. Amen. Let's be uh, praying for our youth this weekend uh, and all the people who are so awesome to to volunteer and work. It's a big, big weekend for, for them to fundraise for youth camp. Amen. Youth camp is very, very, very important for our teenagers. Amen. I thank God that, my, that both of my daughters went through their entire teenage years just about going to youth camp, and, and, and it had a humongous uh, part of blessing in their lives of why they're serving God, and I thank God for it. They're going to get good messages. They're going to spend an entire week in the presence of God. We want to make sure they get there. So it's uh, this this weekend is Arts and Jazz Fest. So it's going to be working, and it's going to be a great opportunity for outreach. Okay, so this is an awesome opportunity for us to go out there, not only help uh, serve and, and give food, but take Jesus cards and, and talk to people. There's tons, thousands of people out there. So I want to take advantage of that. So, yes. To do... Sure. If I said no, you'd be mad at me, so just kidding. Come on. Just kidding. Come on up. It's Wednesday night. No problem. Thank you. No, I don't have to do this anymore. I used to have to take my glasses off because I was shy, but I don't, I'm good now. Because um, with my glasses, I can't, without my glasses, I can't see y'all looking at me. Um, okay, so some of y'all know in the past few weeks, my family has been going through a lot of struggle. But the most, the biggest struggle that happened was two and a half weeks ago. Um, I'm going to draw a picture here. I'm going to try to be as fast as possible. Uh, I was driving down the road. My son's in the passenger seat. I'm just driving to the grocery store. And I get a phone call FaceTiming me from, I'm not going to say who, but a very close to our family family member. And I answer it, and it is this family member that we are very, very close to on the FaceTime. And she is telling me she is going to end her life on FaceTime with me. And my son is in the passenger seat, and I cannot hang up because, you know, if I did, she, would, she may have ended her life. Um, so he saw everything. He saw her. Uh, trying to end her life, he saw, he heard what she was saying, and he immediately, immediately started praying. That was his first reaction to this situation, is immediately started praying. And, and I, I, it took me a minute to notice what he was doing, but he started praying out loud, and tears started running down his face, and he was just letting it all out, just praying for this person. And like two minutes into the phone call, two minutes into the prayer, the gun locked up and it wouldn't work and she was trying and trying and trying to get it to work while on FaceTime with me still there praying and it wouldn't work and so I said hold on I'm gonna call you right back I promise just give me 10 seconds I hang up and I call 911 and I give them her address and then I call her right back and 
she was still trying to get it to work and he was still praying through this entire thing through the entire 911 phone call and everything and and the gun still wouldn't work and then they finally got to the door and they you know her daughter was in the house with her my niece I'm crap <laughs> anyway um her daughter was in the house with her she answered the door they came and they stopped her from making a big mistake and that gave me the chance to talk to her about God a little bit more in between these few weeks Myra's like my comfort zone through this conversation <laughs> just keep looking at her but um that gave me the opportunity to talk to her and to get her mind right and she's gotten a lot of help since then and she is she hasn't had any of those thoughts since then, but I don't think that that gun would have locked up if my son wasn't there praying. My, the, the point of my story is our kids are always watching us. They're always watching us. If you have a bad situation, they're going to watch you and see if you pray in that situation. They're going to watch your first reaction. If I am in a bad situation, if I'm having going through something difficult, my first reaction is to pray. And he sees that. That's why that was his first reaction to that situation. Do your Bible studies with your kids. Pray with them. Pray in front of them so we can set good examples for them. Because that could have saved her life. And I believe that is what saved her life. Praise God. The power of your words. Of your actions, amen, what you say in that moment, praise God. Let's go to, um, I've been going back and forth on what I'm going to open with, Matthew or Second Timothy. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter 2. Um, this is in the Bible app tonight, so it'll be there for three days till Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been consistent on getting it in on Wednesday nights for sure. So um, remember that it's there in your phones. And if you go use that tomorrow or Friday or Saturday and you see it in the Bible app, you have to, if you want to keep it, you have to save it. So you can keep it in the phone. You can keep those notes. But if you don't save it, it will disappear after Saturday. So, and I have to do it to Saturday uh, because if I want to do it on Sunday, then um, I have to make it stop. So, but it is on there. All these Bible verses are on there. I don't put my notes on there, but I put the Bible verses. So you can go back and look at them. Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 20 says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Amen? So before we continue here, we're seeing that we, we are a vessel tonight. We, every person in the world's a vessel. They're either a vessel for honor or they're a vessel for dishonor. That's, that's our choice. Uh, God makes us all good, but we choose. We're going to be a vessel of honor, a vessel of dishonor. And then it says, um, we, but to, to be the vessel of honor, we have to cleanse ourselves from the dishonor. Okay, so we know that we're born in sin. We know that we're born bad and we need his help and so when we begin to make choices we begin to move towards what's honoring God and in our in all of our ways in our actions in our words and our thoughts and all these different things let's go on 22 flee lustful youth youthful lust sorry and pursue righteousness faith love peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart and then just a couple more verses here but avoid foolish 
and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, and patient. Father, tonight we ask you to anoint your word for the next few minutes. On this Wednesday night, Lord, we're here, we're focused, we're available, Lord. Our minds are on you. We ask that our minds could stay on you for the next few minutes so that we can get something powerful out of this, something that will bless us all, something that will help us all. And Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you, just like it was when when you tried to get that lady to kill herself. You're defeated. The blood of Jesus is against you, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world tonight. Father, anoint my words and let them be yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just the end of that part again. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant, how many want to be servants of the Lord? Amen. I believe that if we're trying to serve God, we should be servants. Amen. We should hopefully want to be a servant of the Lord. It says someone who's a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Must, not, uh, must avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Um, I was talking to someone not too long ago, and one of the things I learned from my pastor was when somebody says something or does something, you can learn to do this. Just let it go. Don't, 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 don't try to get the last word in. I'm going to give some, uh, quite a few verses tonight about words, and, and it's not uh, hard to understand what, what this is about. It's about how we talk and the words that come out of our mouth and the power of our words. And, and um, I, I was thinking about the word affirmation. I was going to kind of go into it more, but didn't feel led to. But we know what that word means. From kids, we are, you know, a great example at the offering. Uh, you know how important kids are in our church, how, how important of an emphasis we put on our, a children's church and nursery and, and how, how proud we are of the kids in our church and how they're learning. Um, kids growing up at, from a young age in that aspect, there's, as, as, as Keisha just said so well, they're seeing. They're watching. They're, they're, they're looking. And they're sponges. And, and so, so many people grow up and get older, whether it's teenage years and beyond, and they, like I've said so many times before, they are a product of the affirmation or lack of affirmation in their life through words. Now, actions speak louder than words, we know that, and, 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 and that's a, a, a fact, but words are very important. So it's not tonight where we want to talk about the fact where I'm just going to be a talker and only talk. Action needs to back up those words. But we have to watch and be careful about what comes out of our mouths and understand the power that there is in words. I'm probably, unless the Lord changes it, going to preach a message Sunday morning that I'm working on talking about the God said over our lives. Okay, all the way back in Genesis, we know that everything that came into existence came into existence from God saying, God said, what? Let there be light. God said, in all those verses in Genesis, he said, he said, he said. He did not create, listen to this, he did not create things with his hands. He created things with his words. So if God created us and God created the earth and God created the universe through his words, I would say that the word power and words go together. Okay? He said, let there be light, and boom. Those, for those that believe in the, now I know we don't hear, but for those that teach and believe in evolution, he did, there was a big boom. There was a big bang. It was God's voice really loud, 
and the boom of the lights coming on and things being created. Amen. Boom. Let there be light. So he said these things and he said stuff about us. And now kind of get, get into that Sunday again, unless the Lord changes the direction. But I want to talk about the power of words. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to give you quite a few scriptures tonight. Uh, probably just to write down, especially when I get to the Proverbs, because literally there's hundreds probably of verses I could, I could speak on. I tried to choose some uh, as I was going through them. Uh, and I want to give you a little illustration in just a second, kind of in just a few minutes. I don't want to do it too late in the message because I want it to be a visual. I, I believe in visual things. I believe in seeing something that kind of uh, makes us understand a message. I, I, I wish I was more creative. I would probably do an illustrated sermon every service, but I'm not that creative. Amen. But Matthew chapter 15, I mean, amen, if you're there. Let's see what Jesus says about words. Verse 7. Don't be thrown off by his first word. Hypocrites! (laughs) Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people, now we don't want to be these people, amen? There's a lot of times in the Bible we want to be these people. We don't want to be these people right here. Draw near to me with their what? With their mouth. And honor me with their what? Lips. So that would sound good. He, they, 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 they talk good about me. They say good things about me. They even honor me. How many know somebody like that? They, they talk about God all the time maybe. Honor them with their mouths and their words and, 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 and do the good Christianese lingo. And Jesus was living among a bunch of people like that that had the Christianese down. But he said, these people draw to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me. He says, they teach the doctrines of the commandments of men. But when he had called the multitude himself, he said, hear and understand. And the reason we're getting to this is because they were going over the fact that they had not washed their hands before a ceremony. They were being religious. So he says this, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth defiles a man. There's only one thing he's talking about there, okay? I'm not going to say gross things that could be, could be, you know, we obviously know what those things are. I guess I'll have to say it's in spit or vomit or whatever. It's not those things that come out of a mouth he's talking about. It's words. It's not what goes in. It's what comes out that what? Defiles a man. And, and so he says, his disciples came and said, do you know that, do you know that the Pharisees were offended When they heard this saying, and he said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Amen. My verse this morning was beware of false prophets. There's a whole lot of people out there who are misleading people, and they're blind people leading the blind. And the sad thing is, 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 is uh, sometimes you don't know what's worse, the people leading or the people following. Amen. So he says, let them alone. They're blind leaders. And we've got to understand in the day we're living in, there's a lot of false teachers, there's a lot of things that are being taught that are not biblical. And, and sometimes we just have to say, Lord, we just give those people to you. You, you deal with them. But we're going to be the truth. We're going to preach the truth. We're going to do what's right. We're going to stand for the word of God. We're going to preach the truth as it is. We're going to work on our words. 
He says, let them alone. And then verse 15, Peter said, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you still without understanding? So right there, if you ever feel like you're behind, don't feel bad. Because the disciples had a hard time too. Amen. Do you not understand what enters, whatever enters the mouth? He really makes it real simple right here. Whatever enters the mouth, what does it say? Goes into the stomach and is eliminated. He's talking about food, period. Talking about food. They were talking about, hey, they didn't wash their hands before they ate. And, and, we, and, you know, we can't eat pork and all these different things that they did with those customs. Well, he's saying, don't you understand that what goes into the mouth is eliminated? He says, but, verse 18, this is the key of the whole message, but the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. Now watch this. This is interesting. I'm going to close these two verses here in this part. Interesting. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. Do you know what that means? That means all those things there that sound so horrible don't happen until they're preconceived in the heart. They, you, you, you don't, someone doesn't kill somebody until it has been birthed here in their heart, gone through their mind, and then they act it out. And so, so, so God is more concerned tonight with what's coming out than what's going in. But here's an easy thing to understand. It's, it's real simple. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff's going to come out. So we have to be feeding ourselves and reading and listening and watching and seeing things that are edifying our lives. And, and you know, it's always, it always amazes me uh, sometimes when someone comes and says, hey, I need you to pray for my son or daughter. They're having nightmares. And listen, I'm not using this example for anybody here. It's just things in the past or general. Um, they're having nightmares all the time. And, and this doesn't mean all the nightmares happen because of this. They're having nightmares. And, and I don't understand why. And they can't sleep. And I said, well, d- 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 what are they watching? And nine times out of the ten, they say, well, you know, we let them watch scary movies or, okay, I'm going to pray for your kid, but I'm praying for God to give you some common sense too, that whatever your kid is watching, that's going to come out. I mean, if you watch a scary movie, you're gonna, anybody's going to have a nightmare. You watch Nightmare on Elm Street, you're going to have a nightmare. Amen. So we have to be careful of what's coming in if we want to make sure we take care of what's coming out. So the power of words. Uh, the, ver- the key verse there is 18. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. Now, I want you to write this down. The rest of these, unless you can flip fast, but I really want you to make sure you write them down. Proverbs 18, 21, maybe the best verse of all here. Proverbs 18, 21. This is a powerful statement. Some people don't really believe how powerful words are. And the illustration I'm going to give you in a second will kind of clarify that. Um, here's what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death. So, so if, you, if I started preaching this and you saw power of the words, oh, neat, not, neat saying, but now it's not that important. Yes, it is. The words you speak are life and death. It goes back to what I started off saying about affirmation and kids. If you stop for a second and think about who you are right now, who you are right now, in Christ is one thing. 
But who, let's, let's say who you were uh, before you met Jesus. Let's, let's put it that way. Or you're a new believer. You start looking at the person that you were. You were a product of the words that were spoken over your life. How many would agree with that? I mean, you, you, you either came from, what, you know, you're, there's some middle ground, but it's either, you know, a lot of times it's one or the other. A house where there's affirmation. I tell my daughters, you're beautiful. I love you. I appreciate you. You, know, you say those words from, from a child, then they grow up with an affirmation that those words are speaking what? Life over them. There, there's, there's words of life. And then, or you could come from a place where all you ever heard was words of death. It wasn't necessarily, hey, I hate you, but it, if you don't get the affirmation, then, then it's negativity. And, and so then here's the problem. And many of us maybe still deal with that today. We are a product of our childhood, and so now I have to really have God help me a lot so that I don't talk to my kids or I don't talk to my friends and family like I was talked to. And, 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 and sometimes we need to not be so hard on ourselves for a while. Okay, there is a time when you do need to start being hard on yourself. If you've been saved for a long time. But in the beginning, especially as new converts, you've got to kind of give yourself some grace to understand you've been like this a long time. Amen? If, you've been, if you're 30 years old and you just got saved, 30 years is a long time and a lot of junk. Now, Jesus saves you overnight, but your mouth needs to be uh, taken, the defilement needs to be taken out of your mouth. Amen. There's a lot of things that you said before that, you know, hey, cuss words are going to slip. Anger is going to come out. You're going to say things you didn't mean. Now, the problem is, is when you've been saved for a while and you still have that problem. There's a problem. And, and maybe that's just your biggest problem and God's working on you, but you've got to realize that God wants to save your mouth. We talk about, about when I, we talk about finances, and you pull out your wallet. God wants to save your wallet. Well, God wants to save your mouth. Amen. He wants to get your mouth saved. And, and one of the things that I love so much that is so true and just so prevalent in my mind is how amazing God is with tongues. We think about tongues. You know, we, we preach and are not afraid or ashamed in this place to preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's so important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and have a prayer language where you pray in tongues. It makes so much sense that God would give us a, a language to, to edify our spirits for the place that's so defiled. Okay? The tongue. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Amen? Listen to that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who, think about this, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. I'm reading Proverbs. There's one who speaks like the piercings of the sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Isn't Solomon good talking about these things? Now, I want to just do this real quick so you can have a visual for the rest of the service. Um, some of you may have seen this, and that's fine. Uh, Donnie, come help me if you would, because I, I don't have my lapel tonight, so come hold this mic for me, please. 
there's two things I want you to see in this. That's why I kind of brought you to the middle. When you're talking to, you got to hold it up to your mouth. All the people that stand up with a microphone, by the way, you got to hold it right here when you talk. Just a little lesson. Not just you, everybody. All right. So that way they don't have to go like this in the sound booth. A little less close. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So I want, I want to think of two things with these apples. These are us. Okay? One is, and, and, and there's two angles that this, this illustration can show. One is what, what we could be on the inside because of words. Okay, does that make sense? The, the, and the other could be um, that somebody could be something and, and be portraying something that they're not. There's kind of two angles to this. But if you look at these two apples, they're both my favorite color. This is my favorite apple. I know some people like green. This green's a little tart for me. So these are my favorite apples. I eat a lot of apples because they're negative calorie thing and that you can eat them and they taste good and they burn calories. So... If you want to lose weight, eat apples. Amen. I don't have any sponsors paying me for that. I do get mine at Brahms, though. But if you look at these apples, as I turn them around, they look very similar, right? Yes? No difference. They're both red. They're both shiny. They're both good. And these kind of represent our lives. Now, I want to have you hold this for a second. Just, and I want to grab a knife. And I want to cut into this one. I might eat because I like apples a lot. Go eat this part. This is the representation of what our life looks like when affirmation has been there. Looks good. Looks clean. Looks healthy. Right? Everybody see that? Now watch this other apple. Same apple. See the bruise? See the brown everywhere? Looked exactly the same on the outside. This is a life who has not had affirmation, who looks like they have it together on the outside, but is hurting on the inside. And so Jesus was saying it's not what's on the outside that defiles a man or what goes in, it's what comes out. And so the visual here, and look at this part. Now, the reason this looks like this, here's the interesting thing that you take this apple, is I dropped this apple several times today, during the day. Came out and just dropped it. Then I went back in my office a little bit and came out and dropped it again. Didn't drop this one. And so the interesting thing is those drops, those w words are like that. It's like being dropped. It doesn't necessarily hurt you on the outside. That kind of heals. You know, the whole thing we've been talking about forever. Sticks and stones will break my bones. The world's never hurt me. It's the lie, biggest lie in the world. Those things may be, you know, outside cuts heal. But words last forever. Amen? So, whoa. Can you get that for me? Thank you, Donnie. Appreciate you. I hope that's just a small little, I'm going to put this right here. 
can't even stand up on its own. Man, boy, that's a visual in itself. Okay. Sometimes little simple illustrations like this speak aloud words. So again, who am I? Now, I don't have any control over if this is me because of words that were spoken over me. The power of words. I don't have any control over that. I can't, you know, that's the way I was grew up. I had people telling me I was stupid, having people tell me I was fat, having people tell me I was I'm not going to amount to anything, people telling me whatever, whatever words they were that really hurt you on the inside. That's, that's one type of person. The other one would be that somebody is, is like the verse this morning that is uh, dressed up like a, like a sheep on the outside and is a wolf on the inside. This is what um, Jesus was dealing with. He was saying, you guys look good. He, he, in another verse, he says, you guys clean up the outside of the cup, but you don't clean the inside. And, and so that's what defiles. And if you think about that, you could have a cup and be drinking it. You could be, have a cup and be drinking it, and, and, and it seemed perfectly fine, but if that cup on the inside is dirty and there's bacteria, what you put in it is making you sick. You really need to worry about more uh, making sure the cup's clean on the inside. When I wash dishes at my house, when I drink some coffee or something or have on my plate and, and wash dishes, I make, sure, I make sure that I spit apples out. Amen. I make sure that I get the part inside clean because that's where I'm eating from. The bowl, the plate, the, cu- the cup. More important to really, I mean, I go, I go around the edge a little bit. I, I want it to look clean on the outside, but I'm, I'm scrubbing hard on the inside because I'm going to drink out of that cup again. So it's what is inside that matters. Okay? Now, let's go uh, real quick to Matthew chapter 12, which is, is always my, my favorite verse when we talk about words. And you can use this uh, for yourself. You can use this for somebody else. You can definitely use this for people who cuss. Um, you know, the, man, cussing is amazing how, how people, how people um, just let it go. You know, they just let it go. And, and again, it, it, it goes back to, and, I, and, I, and listen, most of us struggle with this. If you weren't saved um, your whole life, if you did not know about the Lord till you got older, um, you, you struggle with this. Because you got around people, and they cussed, and you cussed, and everybody cussed. And you don't really realize how dangerous these words are and how they become part of your vocabulary. And you just spit them out. And so Matthew chapter 12, but then it gets worse when now you say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. And, and, and the sad thing is, is when I'm, when I'm seeing somebody, and I always use, you know, the basketball court or the gym where I go to, to work out or whatever. I always use that as an example. Um, because thank God it's not here, but you see these people, and, and you'll hear them. I mean, blah, 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 bleep, 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 and they'll be wearing a wristband. It says something about Jesus. Or or I'll say, hey, man, you know, I want to tell you about the Lord. You go to church? Oh, yeah, I go to church. I go to, and I'm like, don't say it. I don't want to know where you go to church. Amen, because I don't want you to say where you go to church if you're out there cussing like that. Amen. Just keep that quiet. Just say, yeah, I go to church. Come on, it got quiet right there. Because, and I'm, again, I'm not talking about new converts. There's a, there's, you start to learn how to change your vocabulary and, and change those words. But I really want you to see tonight the power of our words. 
And, and that's what this visual was for. And here's Matthew 12, 36 and 37. This is something that helped me, and, and here's the word, sobered me up. It, it, it sobered me up when I was younger and I cussed and I got saved and I, and I was working on that. And it really sobered me up. Being a leader and being a pastor and being a Christian and being somebody who wants to serve the Lord, when I started thinking, man, every, every, say every. He says, every, verse 36, idle word men speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. Every idle word. And, and yet we still have gossip. And we still have slander. And we still have jokes. And we still have, you know, those things. Am I perfect and don't ever fail on that? No. But boy, do I think about it. Because, man, every idle word, that means God's got a recorder. He's got a microphone on me all the time. And he's recording those words. And, and remember, don't forget, when we talk about Christians, now believers, the day of judgment for us, remember, we're going to be judged too. But the Bible says that our judgment is the seed of Christ, and it's not going to be for hell or heaven. It's going to be for our reward. And so uh, there may be things that aren't sins that we can say, but it, it, it just always goes back to understanding. This is what I want you to get more, understanding the power of my words. And, and, and I want you to think about that. Personally, I want you to think how you feel when somebody says something really negative or hurtful to you don't matter how old you are no matter how long you've been saved how do you feel how do you know it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're 90 years old you still words still hurt and 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 then the, the opposite how you feel when somebody thanks you for something when somebody tells you good job when somebody says you look nice when somebody says good job when somebody says something affirmative how that makes you feel and really understanding that I could change somebody's day by the way I speak. Every morning when I come in here to pray, I go after I pray to get coffee at racetrack. Every day, no sponsor there either. Amen. I go get coffee, and I walk in there, and these people, um, some of them are friendly, and some of them are not thankful for their jobs. Amen. But I go in there, and I say, good morning. And it doesn't, oh, he's a morning person. It doesn't matter. Christians should be morning people. Christians should be all day people. Christians should be every moment people. Amen. We should be happy. We're saved. And so I walk in and say, good morning. And then the other thing is, is, is when I go play basketball at the MLK, and I hope she doesn't ever hear this. Amen. But she won't know who she is anyways. She, she, she looks like she's been baptized in lemon juice. She, she does not like her job either. And anybody that's been there can know, amen, that she just was not baptized in water. Praise God. Lemon juice, amen. And I, on purpose, good morning, how are you? On purpose. You know what I get back? Uh, am I lying? Uh, don't matter who it is. Gives me my card, I scan it. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to do my part because I know that that my words are powerful. I could make her day worse. 
She's in, so I guess she's already having a bad day every day. But I could make it worse by being like her. And if she don't, I could just like give my card or just stick my hand out and say, and I say nothing. We don't understand the power of our words. And, and here the Bible's telling us that every idle word will be uh, uh, given account for. And then it says, look at verse 37. By your words, you'll be justified. Oh, I want to be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. So we really need to do uh, daily um, inventory on our hearts to make sure that, that you know, and listen, we're going to catch ourselves. Hopefully we're catching ourselves. Man, I shouldn't have said that. We should, we should catch up. Man, I shouldn't have said that. You know, and, and you know what? You can fix something. You can say, you know what? I'm, you can go back and fix it. You can say, I'm sorry. But we're going to say things. We're human. But what I'm talking about here is in general. I'm talking about getting the general idea that these are some pretty strong, straightforward uh, verses that are basically telling us this, the saying we've heard our whole lives. You made the bed, you got to lay in it. Right? How many have ever heard that saying? That's what we do with our words. We build a bed with our words. We build a bed, we have to lay in that bed. And, and, and if we would just think about that, that at night, as Dwayne was talking about laying on a rock, we lay on a rock sometimes at night with our words because we've said things that have set us up to fail. And, and, and are we going to fail in these things? Yes. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. But if we could be conscious about it and be careful about it, God would be glorified. Let me run through this quick. Luke chapter 6, just a couple more verses. Uh, for time, I want to just give you some to write down because I'm not going to have time to get through them all. Uh, Luke 6, 43 to 45 says this. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad fr- tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. Men don't gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. And here's the key. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. And here's the key. You've heard it probably many times. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's really no way around that verse right there. If I say it, now listen, if I say it and I make a mistake, that's different. But if I say it a lot, and I consistently do that a lot, something's there I need to deal with. Amen. Thank God for the altar. Thank God we can deal with our, thank God we're, we're growing every day. We're dealing with things every day. We're trying every day to change. Amen. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How many have noticed that in your life? You can fight fire with fire, or you can fight fire with water. And your words can be water. Married couples, your words can be water. You can can say, I'm going to get the last word in, and then they're going to get the last word in, and then you're going to get the last word in, and then they're going to get the last word in. And listen, you're not putting it out. It's growing. The fire's growing and it's getting bigger. That's why it says a soft answer. Now, isn't it awesome when, when the other person's angry and you can say something nice and then they don't have anything to say back? Right? I hate you. I love you. What are they going to say? I love you back? I hate you more than you love me. 
I don't know what they're going to say back, but a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs it up. You look back on those arguments you've had, not just with your spouse, your family, your mom, your dad, your kids, whatever. That, that word of, of harshness, it just, it just makes it worse. I want to close with just a couple more. Proverbs 27, verse 2. How many have ever met somebody, don't raise your hand, but you've met somebody who is their biggest fan? They are their number one fan. You cannot talk to them without them talking about them. Right? Proverbs 27, 2 says, let another praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. Now, I know everyone, some of us at some points, if we haven't gotten any affirmation for a long time, we got to look in the mirror and we got to tell ourselves, you look good. Amen. I live with three women. I'm the one giving out the most of the compliments. Every once in a while, I have to say, man, I look good today. Because I'm giving them out, so i got to give myself one sometimes. But the idea is we're not praising myself all the time, right? Talk about, here's something I've, I've, I'm trying, I'm still this day trying to get better at. When I'm talking to somebody, listening, for one. Because you know what? When I'm not talking, I'm not getting in trouble. Right? When I'm quiet, I'm not getting, it's hard to get in trouble when you're quiet. So I've tried to learn, and this is something I've taught myself, myself personally, help me, help me two ears, one mouth. And when I'm talking to someone, I've tried to be more about listening to them and, and then making a conversation about them and not about me. Does that make sense? So especially if you're aspiring to be a leader. You're aspiring to, to lead people to Christ. That's the kind of characteristic I think the Lord's looking for us, is that when, when you sit down with someone to talk to them, listen closely to this. When you, oh, this is a good one. I might stay here for a second. When you are talking to someone, maybe you're not sitting, maybe you're standing, but when you walk away from somebody, do they feel better about themselves? Let that marinate for a second. That, that's, that should be our goal. Do we fail? Yes. I'm not saying any of this I'm perfect on or anybody's perfect on. The standard's high, amen? But think about that. If we would try to be conscious and realize there is power in my words, and when I'm talking to somebody, that doesn't mean that you're not going to need that moment, that you need to get it out, and you need to, you know, get unstressed. I'm not saying that, but most of the time, if you focus and say, Lord, when I walk away from this person, I want to make sure that they feel better about themselves. And not me, amen? I want to make sure they, they feel better about themselves. So the way you do that is the conversation's about them. That's what Proverbs is saying here. Let another praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. In other words, don't be a legend in your own mind. Amen? Legends are people talk about other people, not themselves. Last one, Psalms 141, verse 3. I kind of just said this and got ahead of the verse. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. The old thing we learned when we were the kid, zip it. Right? Teachers used to say, hey, zipper. 
Remember that in school? Put the zipper on. Turn the key. Then what? Throw the key away. Amen. Some of us put it in our pockets. It says, set a guard over my mouth. And listen, keep watch over the door of my lips. Man, that's a good verse. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So as I'm closing right now, this is not a message about making me feel bad for my words. This is a message about me recognizing the power of my words. Am I a vessel of honor or am I a vessel of dishonor with my mouth? What do people say about me, if you care, when other people are talking about you? Do they, man, that, that person, you know, really lifts me up. Man, that person really encouraged me. Man, that person really, you know, that, that's, that's what I want people to say about me. I don't want people to say, man, he's always contradicting. He's always negative. He's always this. He's, I don't want that. I want people to be able to say something nice about me. And that's the focus we have to have is to realize every day when we wake up, Lord, there is power in my words. Amen. I really want to really make this a prayer Father, set a guard over my mouth. Lord, if I'm about to say something that doesn't edify, if I'm about to say something that does not lift up, if I'm about to say something that does not help somebody, then, or, or if I'm about to say something that I shouldn't say, bite my own tongue, Lord. Amen. Do something. Spiritually slap me or something, Lord. Amen. How many know we can ask the Lord to, amen, how can you imagine talking to somebody and all of a sudden you go like that? And they're like, what the, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I think the Holy Spirit just slapped me. I wasn't supposed to talk. Right? I, I don't care if I look foolish in front of you. I want to be right with God. Amen. As you bow your heads, write down James 3. As you're looking down at your note, write down James 3. Read it later. Verse 1 to 12. Musicians, you can come. That whole uh, set of verses talks about how powerful the tongue is and that it even says no man can tame it. And that's why I said baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. So, Father, we thank you tonight. Being able to laugh a little bit, being able to cry a little bit, Lord, inside as we know that this is an area that's tough. It's an area that we all need growth on. It's an area, Lord, that if we can recognize the power of our words... Amazing things can happen, Father. And, and we, can, we can listen to your Holy Spirit speaking to us and telling us, don't say that. God, I want to be guided. And I say this from my heart, I want to be guided, Father, by your words. Let my words be your words. Lord, not just when I'm preaching, but every day, all day, everywhere. There's a proverb that says a, a, a on-time word or a good word is like apples fitted in gold. It's like a beautiful table centerpiece. Lord, I want to be the person that can say something to somebody that will make their day. Cause them to feel better about themselves. We can always focus on the negative. That's easy. Help us focus on the positive in people's lives. Help us realize, as you're thinking about this church, just realize we're all grown-up kids. We're all grown-up kids. 
and, and, and things were spoken. There's even some kids in here. Things were spoken over us when we were younger. And, and, and if you're still allowing that, that, that word to destroy you, you need to deal with that tonight and say, God, I'm done allowing that word spoken over me to destroy me any longer. I am not, listen, I am not who that person says I am. I can do what they said I couldn't do. And, and you can reverse that tonight. That, I, I, maybe nobody's here that's, that's, that's feeling this, but maybe somebody's here and you're thinking, every time you hear a message like this, you hear the voice of somebody in your head. And listen, if it's affirmation, praise God. Keep that voice in your head. But if it's not, if it's negative, get it out. Rebuke it. Say, say, devil, you're not going to speak that lie into my head anymore. I'm not listening. I'm, I'm giving you the hand. I'm not going to pay attention to your di di diabolic words anymore. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Let, and let God's word. That's why we need to read his word and we need to speak his word. And we need to profess his word and we need to claim his word. Because, man, if there's power in our words, how much more power, church, is there in his words? Think about it. That's what I'm going to talk about on Sunday, the power of his words. How many tonight could say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I've not been born again. I, I need Jesus to come into my life tonight. I need to be saved. I need to know that I am born again. I need to know that I'm forgiven. And you've never said that prayer before. If you just raise your hand, I want to pray for you. I'm not saved. Maybe you're here and you are, but you are backslidden. You've gone back to your old ways. You're, you're, you're not living the way you want to live. And tonight you want to make a decision to get right with God. God knows your heart tonight. God knows everything you're going through tonight. As we stand tonight, this is a, this is a, I know it's a Wednesday night, but I know in the depth of your hearts tonight, you want, like I do, you want to be better. And there is not one person in this place that does not need to be better at their words. Not one. And there's going to be some that are better than others, but we can all be better. Amen. So let's find a place tonight and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and have him deal with whatever side of this you are and, and, and ask yourself, am I that person who's got the bruises on the inside from somebody else's words? Or am I that person who's got bruises because I'm hiding something? Whatever you're at tonight, God's presence is here. His Holy Spirit is real. And he's going to touch your heart tonight as we sing. Created me a clean heart, O oh God. Yes. Just talk to the Lord, you and God, tonight. Use your words. Use the power of your words tonight to speak to the Lord.
Spanish, they would say, when somebody's talking about somebody, they say this, they están comiendo. Talking about them. I don't know if they do that here in Mexico. So sometimes when you're eating, talking about people, you're supposed to be eating food, not eating somebody else. Right? With the words you speak. And, and, I, and I, sometimes things are just better in other languages. But it made me think of this verse I didn't finish, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. So when I said that you make the bed you lay in, you also eat the fruit of your lips. You don't have to like fruit or not, but if you've ever eaten a fruit that tastes good, it makes you want to take another bite. It's sweet. It's, 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 it's ripe. It's not too ripe, it's not too, and it just tastes good. And, and that's what our words should be like. But, but it's bad when you take a bite of a fruit and you expect it to be sweet, and it's not. And it tastes bad. So we don't want our words to be like. We want our words to be sweet. So one verse I didn't give you was Proverbs 16, 24. It says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul, health to the body. And the English Standard Version says gracious words. It also talks about that our conversation be like salt. You know, if you eat food and you put salt on it, with food, with salt, you can put too much. You cannot have enough. And we just got to kind of ask ourselves. And again, this goes back to asking the Holy Spirit. This is, please don't ever take these messages as condemnation. Because we're always, always, all dealing with if we ever get to the place where we're not dealing with these things, we're in trouble. We need to be, with these things need to hit us in the heart and say, I need to work on that. This is something I can, I can improve on. I can get better at. And, and, and realize at the end of the day, if I don't want to improve on it, I'm, I'm eating that. It's kind of like the example. You guys probably did this at youth one time. If you didn't do it at camp, you did it here. If you didn't, here's the idea. They would take a bottle and everybody would pass it around, everybody would spit in it. And at the end of that, someone would have to drink that. Now, they don't actually make the person drink it, obviously. But the idea is, you are drinking your own words. That makes sense? You're eating the food you make. You're, you're eating the fruit of your lips. You, if, we, if we would really be able to recognize that in a spiritual way, because we're not going to necessarily recognize it physically, but if we could recognize it spiritually, that would be gross, right? If someone handed you a bottle full of everybody's spit. So gossip, slander, um, talking, you know, remember, remember what Pastor Jones told us what slander was? I, I had heard the word slander for my entire life, and he said it in such a simple way. He said slander is telling the truth about somebody. You're not lying, but you're saying it in a way to hurt them or make them look bad. That's 
what we've always as a church and always as believers got to be working on. Always. That's a never-ending story. That, that's something we all have to get better at is, 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 is saying something good about somebody. You know, some of these cliches are popular for a reason. If you can't say something good about somebody, don't say anything at all. But see, this goes back to, again, how much I care as, as, as a believer what God thinks about me. If we do think what other people think about me, that should, that should matter. But then some people have the attitude, I don't care what other people think about me. Well, you should care what God thinks about you. I care what God thinks about me. And, and I care what God's people think about me. I want to be the best representation of him I can. Don't you want to be the very best representation of Christ that you can? In your, in your speech, in your words, in the things that come out. So it's, it's work. It's homework. And it's not homework you're going to turn in at the end of the week. It's lifelong. And everybody in here is at different places. Amen? Let the, I, I had one more verse, so I have to get this out. Psalms 19, 14. This, this is in the, in the Bible. Awesome verse. This is my prayer tonight. It doesn't have to be yours. This is mine. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Because remember, at the end of the day, it's us. Lord, let my words be acceptable in your sight. Let's sing this one more time just to worship him and thank him. Amen. I need you more tonight. I need you, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> she wasn't ready. I need you, Lord. <laughs> yes. <Just kidding. laughs> I need you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I need you, Lord, more than words. I need you more than ever. I need you more, yes, Lord. I need you more, more than the air I breathe, more than the air. Than the song I sing, Lord, more than anything, more than anything, and Lord, as time goes by, I will be by your side, cause I never want to go back to my old life, more than the air. More than the air I breathe, more than the song I sing, more than the more than anything, more than anything. I will be, I will be by your side. Cause I never wanna go back, cause I never wanna go back my old life.
close us out tonight. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the word that was given to us tonight, Father, that, Lord, we would think about what we say, whether we're uh, saying something to bring life or are we saying something to bring death, Father. Lord, you know, it's so true what Pastor said about sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Satan, you're a liar. We don't believe that. So many of us have been hurt over the years hearing words like that. Things being evil that have been prophesied over us. Lord, we are we are your children. We are heirs to the throne. And Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Jesus, we thank you as we uh, just go home and, and to relax the rest of the night or whatever we're doing or fellowshipping. Father, we praise you and we give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Yeah.